Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. We are here with NFL Network's Daniel Jeremiah. Daniel, thank you for joining us. It's great to be with you. I think we've done these interviews from my house. I think we've done it from my backyard, and today we're actually in a hotel. So I'm just trying to give you guys a little different view every time that we get together. <laughs> perfect, perfect. I, re- I remember those. I remember those. I, I also remember... You you have quite the track record with predicting the Ravens' first round picks here. You you kind of getting a reputation a little bit here. Uh, yeah, don't read into that. Uh, it's a blind squirrel fall, finding a couple nuts there. That's all that is. Um, but uh, no, in the, these mock drafts are so hard. You're trying to guess on these teams. You find a year where you get a third of them right. You you feel like you've hit the lottery. So uh, I've just been uh, lucky a few times with the Ravens in terms of. At least, you know, a little bit of the background there and the history there of knowing some of the things that they like in players. And one of the reasons right. why they're so good year in and year out and so consistent is they have a type. Uh, so you try to identify <laughs> who that is and go from there. <laughs> well, you have Joey Porter Jr. as your most recent mock draft pick, the Penn State corner. What is it about him and uh, why is he the Ravens type at corner? Uh, because I'm selfish and I want to see uh, – <laughs> A man by the name of Joey Porter with his dad, uh, Joey Porter. Oh, my God. It'd be amazing. I want to see if his dad would rock a Ravens hat in the uh, <laughs> in the stands there in the stadium. That's why. I want to see so that, I'm, uh, I'm going to test his limits in terms of his role as a father as well as a Steeler legend. So you know, <laughs> I, I think he fits the need. Um, obviously, you look at big corners and the success going back, you know, all the way to Chris McAllister and. Obviously, the run that Marlon Humphrey's been on there, they they appreciate big, long, rangy, athletic corners, and that's what uh, what Joey Porter Jr. is. So um, it's a position where they could stand to get a little younger, and uh, and that would be an unbelievable fit. And the the connection between the Steelers and the Ravens just makes it a little fun. <laughs> now, Stan, I guess staying with corners, uh, there's another guy in the Ravens' range, uh, Deontay Banks, who actually yeah. had a great well, combine, at least numbers-wise. Um just curious uh, if you rate uh, Porter over Banks and tell me what you think of Banks, whether he'd be a good fit as well with the Ravens at corner. Yeah, I'm a big fan uh, of both those guys. So I, I actually have Porter just one spot over Banks in terms of the corner stack for me. So I think either one of those guys is a home run pick. And you you hit it on Banks. He's aced the process. You know, what he did at the combine was impressive. Uh, to run like he did, to move around like he did. Um, and he's a tough kid when you watch him on tape. So um, I, I don't know if there's a wrong answer there on that one. I don't think you can go wrong. The thing about Porter that just makes him unique is there's long arms and then there's like Kevin Durant. Like this is <laughs> like that kind of, it's, it's it's freaky. He's got 34-inch arms, which is highly unusual for a corner. Those guys are hard, hard, hard to find. So that was kind of a little tiebreaker there for me with him and Banks. Okay. Is uh is Porter a guy? Is he a guy who you could see him as a playmaker? You mentioned the size of his arms. I mean, is he yeah. a guy who, I guess, also his tackling too, and a guy who might be able to move around in the secondary if you know Mike McDonald wants to use him as far as matching up in different spots. Yeah, you know, he's been more of a poke the ball away guy than take the ball away. So that's one of the things you want to see him get a little bit better at is is, is creating more turnovers in that regard, but. The thing that's unique about him is that, you know, you always talk about being in phase as a corner. Are you in position to make plays? Usually he is, but even if he isn't, that length allows him to cover that distance. So it looks like he's open and all of a sudden go, go gadget arms 
and uh, and he can go get it and knock it away. So that's been more of his deal. You know, it's interesting comparison with him and Christian Gonzalez uh, for that. To me, for the second corner, I like Devin Witherspoon is the best one in the draft. But um, if you're just looking at those two guys specifically, I, I think Porter's a little more physical, a little tougher. Whereas Christian Gonzalez, a little more fluid, a little more smooth as a mover. Um, so I ended up with Gonzalez just ahead of Porter. Um, but those are, you know, when you look at those two guys and you throw Banks in the mix there, those are all corners over the line, over six foot. Uh, all of all three of them can really, really run and uh, and I think are plug-and-play starters. Now, of course, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about wide receiver with the Baltimore Ravens. It's every, it's every year. So I know that you had Jordan Addison as your first guy off the board pre-combine that he was kind of your top guy. And obviously his combine 40 wasn't kind of what people had expected or hoped. Um, so you have him dropping down into to pick 20 right now as it stands to the Seahawks. Uh, you also, I think, told me in our in a conference call that you feel like Zay Flowers is, is probably the best fit for the Ravens. Can you tell these listeners, uh, the lounge listeners, why? Yeah, I love Zay yeah. Flowers. Um, to me, when you look at Zay Flowers and you look at the size, it is darn near identical to Steve Smith Sr., uh, who I get a chance to work with and who Ravens fans know quite well uh, from his time there. So um, that's, you know, that's what you're hoping. Obviously that's a, an elite elite player of a future hall of famer with Steve Smith. So I don't want to put that on him, uh, but this is a guy that can play that type of role and plays that type of way. He's a really, really good player. I, I still have Addison personally as my top rated wide receiver, but I do think he could slip a little bit when, when you go to the combine and you check in at 173 pounds, you need to run a blistering 40 mm-hmm. to kind of maintain your value around the league. And, you know, I ran four, four, nine. It's, it's a good time. No, no shame in that plenty fast enough. Um, but I just think the combination of maybe not quite the size that you're looking for, maybe not quite the as explosive as you thought. I think that could slide him down the board a little bit. I still think he's the most gifted receiver. Uh, I think he's going to be excellent at the next level. And that's where you have to kind of balance of what you think of a guy individually versus what his value might be around the league. So why do you feel like he's the most gifted receiver and, and what makes him, you know, stand out from even a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigbo, who's kind of rising up boards now after his pro day? What is it about uh, about Adderley that or Addison that you really love and make him the most gifted guy? Yeah, I think he's inside outside. You know, Smith and Jigbo to me is a pure slot. That's where he has been. I, that's mm-hmm. where he's going to live. Um so, you know, you have different styles there. I think he he can get in and out quicker, and he's got just a little more pop. So we can talk about 40 times and look at those, but in terms of juice out of the break point, I think Addison has that. I think both guys have really good hands. Um, Addison can play outside the frame uh, really well. So those would be the, the advantages in his column. I think if you look for the things that Smith and Jigba does better, just play strength, maybe working in some of those muddy areas in the middle of the field as a, as a pure slot receiver, that's his, that's his deal. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Addison's got unbelievable hands, creates separation, and I think after the catch, and even though the 40 times might be literally identical, you can see Smith and Jigba get hawked down and run down a good bit. And when Addison gets the ball out in the open field, he's he's gone. They haven't been able to bring him in. So I think there's a little bit after the catch where I give him a nod as well. Interesting. See, you're making me feel good, DJ, because I love Addison. I mean, yes. when I watched him at Pitt, I just loved him and Pickett, um, the plays that they used to make. Everybody knew that you had to contain those two guys. It wasn't a powerhouse team they were playing on. But he just seemed mm-hmm. like a guy – He he created separation. He seemed like he knows how to use his speed, you know, when to turn it on, you know, runs great routes. And 
I was a little surprised that he didn't run better because he, to me, he plays faster than those times. He's not a blazer, but to me, he really knows how to separate and he's kind of NFL ready, so to speak. So I'm really interested to see how he does, whether he ends up in Baltimore or not. And because I just think Addison, I would, I would kind of like to see him in a Ravens uniform. He's a key guy. He's a local guy too. Exactly. And that would be great. You know, he'd be juiced to play here. But he, I just think that he's a guy who's who's going to have a good NFL career. I agree with that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. And it was interesting to see at their pro day the other day, I saw, I did see a comment from him um, when they asked who he liked to you know study and who he compared himself to. It was the one that I looked at when I studied him, which was Calvin Ridley, you know, who we're going to see back in the league this year. I'm excited to see him in Jacksonville. It, it, you know, he got reinstated coming off of that suspension. But he's a true number one wide receiver. Somebody that's a fantastic route runner that, you know, there's one little thing when you watch wideouts and you see him come out of the break and say you run a deep on a deep end cut, you're on an over route and the ball's on the money. You will see guys who trust their hands because they will run right through the ball. And you will see other guys who what we call in scouting, we talk about how they'll gather. They'll try and gather and secure. And this dude has so much confidence in his hands. He runs right through it and he'll snatch it, attack it and go. So I think he's got really, really natural hands, and and I'm with you, you know. And some of it, if you look at him and Smith and Jigba having the same forty time, which it, it really was uh, from the pro day for Smith and Jigba and the combine for Addison. Smith and Jigba didn't play this year. He, I mean, he's been training for the combine. He's been training for right. shuttle drills and forties, you know, the entire season while Addison was playing at USC until an injury at the very end of the season uh, derailed him. But uh, you know, there's there's a little bit difference between play speed with those two players. Well, it would be so Ravens for them to get the guy who slides down the board because, you know, of some knock in the pre-draft. Pro- That's just so Ravens. Oh, yeah. They fall on their lap. It's a, it's it's pretty funny. We used yeah. to say when we were in Baltimore, we would joke about the fact that we felt like that always happened to Pittsburgh. We to, <laughs> I can remember just, uh, specifically uh, the, uh, oh, gosh, uh, why am I going to draw a blank on him here? The big tight end, Heath. Um, Heath Miller. Heath Miller. We're sitting there, and he had a little – you know, he couldn't work out through the draft process because he had a little bit of a back issue. Yeah. But he was such a great player, and and it slowly, as he started to drift, I can just remember Ozzy in there going, this guy's going to fall right in the Steelers' lap. You watch. Sure enough, <laughs> there he was. <laughs> well, even last year, the first quarterback off the board, they need a quarterback bad. Kenny Pickett from Pitt lands right in their lap. I mean, are you kidding me? Come on. No, yeah, you can't script it any better. It's this – there's a reason why some of these teams are good. A lot of it's because of how well they're run, and some of it, some of it, good fortune as well. Yeah. Now, one thing obviously with the Lamar situation uh, makes this a very unique offseason for the Ravens. Uh, you have Hendon Hooker right now at 23. Any chance you think that the Ravens would be tempted to take him at 22 if they can't reach a long-term deal with Lamar Jackson before the draft? Yeah, I, I wouldn't put anything past him. I know some people will look at the similarity in age between Hen and Hooker and Lamar and say <laughs> right. this is kind of bizarre that they would do that, but it's not the age. It's resetting the financial clock, mm-hmm. uh, which you would do if you ended up making that move. And obviously you'd think at that point in time a trade you know, would be in the works and you'd be able to get some assets to continue to build around a, a young quarterback on a cheap rookie contract. So I wouldn't rule that out. I think that's an avenue you have to explore if you're the Ravens. You know, I, I feel bad for him from the standpoint that whether it is with Lamar or without Lamar, 
the hardest spot to be in as an organization is the is just the insecurity of knowing, right? You mm-hmm. just want some finality uh, to it, one way or the other, so you can plan accordingly. It's it's got to be incredibly difficult for Eric and those guys to try and formulate their plan, not knowing if Lamar's going to be a part of this thing or not. Uh, what is it about Hen and Hooker that you really like? Everything's there, you know. I wish he was younger. I wish he wasn't coming off of an ACL. I wish he played in a little bit more of a traditional offense than that, you know, Baylor passing attack they have there at Tennessee, where they literally spread you from sea to shining sea uh, out there. <laughs> it's a it's a different game, you know. Come out of that offense into a pro offense, that'll be an adjustment. But if you look at the skills and you say, okay, I love the size, I love the arm strength, I love the athleticism, I love the accuracy and decision making. I've heard wonderful things about him in terms of his work ethic, his intelligence, leadership. Like, that's a long list that he's checked now. That's a lot of things in his favor. So, yes, I wish he was 20 instead of, you know, what he is. I wish he was, you know, coming off of a year completely healthy. But I still think when you look at what's in front of him and his career, I think this guy's got a chance to be an 8- to 10-year starter and a quality starter at that. Right. I was going to say, I mean, does age matter that much at quarterback? I mean, how old's Tom Brady been? Yeah, yeah, I know. Exactly. Although, although I'm going to institute a rule um, that we can never use Tom Brady in any comparisons ever. because he, he, I saw I saw this on television the other day where somebody was talking about how, hey, you know, we, uh, you know, we don't, you know, everybody's trying to find an athletic quarterback and Tom Brady's won all these Super Bowls. And I'm like, yeah, look around the rest of the league. How many statuesque pocket quarterbacks do we have? You know, playoffs. None of these, all these guys can move. They're all athletic. Like right. Tom's Tom, but let's put him in a different category. So I got to ask you, you know, Eric DaCosta, he's coming into this thing with five picks as it stands right now. Broke a long streak without a, a, comp- a compensatory pick. How bad is Eric just itching to get more picks? If they end up with only five picks, I mean... I got a piece of paper in front of me. I'll eat it. Uh, there's no way. <laughs> no way. And it might not be the first round pick that they trade back. And maybe it's a player on their roster that they trade. But he loves the draft too much. They've been too good at it in terms of, of bringing in players. And those are cheap starters that you can find in the draft. Um, for him to only have five picks would be a complete stunner. I, I would be uh, flabbergasted. Insert whatever other word you want there. I would be shocked. <laughs> You mentioned uh, talking about the quarterback at Tennessee. There's a, a wide receiver there, also Jalen Hyatt, a kind of a yeah. speed guy. He's been mentioned too. As, you know, maybe Ravens looking for a receiver. Can you talk about him? And is he kind of a one-trick pony, just a guy who, you know, is, is a deep threat? Or do you feel like if he he could fit in Baltimore into what they may be doing with Todd Monken and and the change as offensive coordinator? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm curious to see. Todd Monken's been in so many different types of offenses throughout his career. So, um, and again, think think about him trying to figure out: am I am I trying to set up a system for Lamar Jackson, or is, somebody, is there some chance that we don't have Lamar Jackson? Then that that shakes up everything. So, I don't envy him trying to install and put in an offense, not you know having concrete, uh, you know, solid information on what's going on with your quarterback. But when it comes to Jalen Hyatt, he is a pure ver- vertical guy. He's an over-the-top player. You know, you use the term one-trick pony. It's a, if you're going to have one trick, it's a good one. Uh, when you can <laughs> run and get on top of people and and, uh, and be a home run hitter, I just think when you look at his kind of, uh, uh, you know, his his uh, profile, it's a second-round profile. This receivers like this go in the second round. That's 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 where they are. I think that's where he ends up. I believe I have him 
Uh, he's my 36th player uh, mm-hmm. around there on my top 50 list. So, um, you know, that puts him right there in the middle of the second round. But that's, yeah, you have a role for him. Think about Will Fuller, what he is, what he was in his career. Think about Ted Ginn, the role he's played in, you know, in his career, had a long, successful career. Maybe not what everybody expected he was going to be as high as he was picked, but speed plays. And if you've got that speed and you've got, you know, good hands, which he does, there's a place for him. One receiver we haven't talked about who's kind of been linked to, at least in some amount, is Quentin Johnson of TCU. Yeah. Um, I guess your impressions of him, I'm curious, number one. And number two, you think there's any way that he could be a Ravens guy as sort of a bigger body receiver over a guy like Flowers or over a guy like Addison if he's still available? Is there any chance they might take him instead? I mean, I, there's always a chance. Um, he just, to me, and I, I think he's talented, he's big, he can run. He's good. He's really physical and tough after the catch. Um, but with him, he's got one of the highest drop rates of any receiver in the draft class, so he doesn't have consistent hands. He's a little bit tight, so he doesn't run the full route tree. And and to be honest, you know, coming out of that conference, if you go back and look at that conference, we pulled it up. I talked about it at the combine. I, I believe the number was of like the last 17 wideouts that have been top three picks out of the Big 12. Three of them have produced a single thousand yard season in the NFL. Wow. So it is it is a different game that they play in the Big 12. It's free access. It's free releases off the line of scrimmage. Not a whole heck of a lot of defense and a lot of space. It's a different game. Um, so, and you can go through the list of guys. It's a lot of first round picks and it's a trail of tears. So, you got to be careful with guys coming out of there. And one of the things that a lot of those guys who didn't have success, if you think about Kevin White and Corey Coleman, and you've seen Denzel Mims, and we can go all the way on. Right. Hollywood's one of the few, the few guys that has. Right, exactly. It's, it's Hollywood, it's Lockett, and then um, it is CeeDee Lamb. Those are the three. Right. Right. And if you look at those three guys, what do they have in common? Those are complete route tree guys. Those mm-hmm. weren't height, weight, speed guys who were just running slants, posts, and goes. Like they, right. they run real routes. So, um, you know, that's why when you get straight line, little stiff, height, weight, speed guys, man, that, that, I get a little nervous. So, so the Ravens' top two needs are pretty clear corner and wide receiver, as we've talked a lot about here. Let's say they don't take a wide receiver in the first round. Let's say they go corner like Joey Porter Jr., you know, who you mocked. Who are some third-round wide receivers as it stands now because they don't have a second-round pick? That's Roquan Smith. Who are some third-round wide receivers that fit their profile? Well, you're looking for speed guys. There's a couple interesting ones. Charlie Jones from Purdue and Tyler Scott from Cincinnati would probably be the two I would point to. Um, And I think those guys can do more than just get on top. Not only did they run really well, I think they can be full route tree guys. I think they're third round type players. I really like Cedric Tillman from Tennessee, who gives you a little more size and physicality mm-hmm. uh, and, and who runs well enough. I think he's got a chance to evolve and grow into a good number two wide receiver. Um, so so those are some of the guys. If you want to go a little bit beyond that, you know, Jaden Reed's in the mix at a Michigan State. You know, some will have him even a little bit higher than maybe even I do. But I think, you know, third, fourth round is probably the sweet spot for him. And a guy that's coming off of, you know, has had some injuries during his career. So maybe you get a discount on him as Puka Nakua. Um, And if Raven fans, you know, obviously being in that division, you remember what TJ Hushmanzada looked like Mm -hmm. as a player in Cincinnati. I think Puka Nakua coming out of BYU, there's a lot of similarities there. And ironically, he's been training with Hushmanzada run up to the draft. So he's a real pure polished route runner. Dominated the first day at the Senior Bowl. Unfortunately, again, injury got him, and he wasn't able to finish the week. But maybe that's somebody that's a fifth-round pick in this draft. 
I guess I'll ask the same question Ryan just did as far as corners. Uh, let's say the Ravens do get a wide receiver in the first round. When you get that in the third round, who are some corners who you could see maybe fitting into what they would want to do? Yeah, I mean, the guy that would jump right into my mind is Julius Brents from Kansas State. You know, jumped out of the gym uh, at the Combine. Had, had a really good pro day. Didn't run quite the 40 I thought he would based off of the jumps, which were outrageous. Um, but a really, really good, really athletic player. I feel bad for him, by the way, because we've been doing all this Bryce Young coverage at the network, and he's in the most perfect coverage down the field against Alabama, and you see Bryce Young drop a ball down the chimney in the back of the end zone. I'm like, man, poor Julius Prince is getting worn out. He can't be in any better position than he is on that. Just got beat by a perfect <laughs> throw. Uh, but he's a really good player. Riley Moss from Iowa. You know, everybody knows about the Ravens and their connections with Kirk Ferentz there. They're going to know everything about Iowa football players. Uh, I think he's going to probably be a third-round pick. Eli Ricks from Alabama, another place where the Ravens are going to be dialed in and have great uh, information, uh, obviously, there at Alabama. And then I would say Darius Rush from South Carolina would be one more. Okay. All right, last question for me, DJ. If, if, we've, if they don't go wide receiver or corner at 22 in the first round, I mean, pass rusher, D lineman, you know, Calais Campbell remains to be seen if, if he comes back. Is there a fit there outside of those two most glaring needs that you think, yeah, I could I could see that, you know? I, I wouldn't sleep on edge rusher. Yeah. Because the Ravens are always hunting value. And I think because there's so much depth at edge rusher in this draft, I think you might be getting a traditionally higher rated player at that position this year. Uh, where they're located in this draft. So and whether that's Will McDonald from, from Iowa State, maybe it's Keon White from Georgia Tech. These guys are ultra-explosive, ultra-athletic edge guys um, that are going to be pushed down the board a little bit just because of the volume we have this year. But I think, yep. again, I've got 10 edge rushers in my top 50. So even if you're getting the fifth, sixth guy, um, you're still getting a darn good player. And you know, you can't have enough of them. They, they've got some intriguing guys there, but I think you can make the case there's more, you know, there's more needed there. When you look around the league at the top, top teams and the depth that they can roll through up front, there's nothing wrong with having more. Awesome. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for joining me. To all our listeners, make sure you follow him at, on Twitter at Move the Sticks, and of course on the NFL Network for all your draft coverage. You're the best, DJ. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks. DJ. I appreciate you. I appreciate you very much. I was, you know, I was going to see if I just order some room service in here uh, so we get the full, <laughs> full hotel experience. Maybe some towels. Maybe they drop off some new towels. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> there we go. Well, enjoy it, buddy. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Well, thanks to Daniel Jeremiah. Great draft coverage from him, as always. Uh, our listeners, listeners know that the sports landscape is ever-changing, and this week is no different. DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, still has daily fantasy contests running for those looking to have skin in the game. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with, dra with drafting them. You assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap, and then sit back and watch your points pile up. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app now, and sign up using code FLOCK. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code FLOCK only at DraftKings. So, Cliff, what do you think? You think uh, DJ's got it again? Is it going to be Joey Porter Jr.? I mean, honestly, can you script a better story for the Ravens' first-round pick than Joey Porter Jr.? There may be no Steelers player in history who's talked more smack about the Ravens than Joey Porter, than his dad. Can you imagine? I mean, God, that would be amazing. 
<laughs> yeah, just kidding all those years, right? Just kidding. Yeah, I, yeah. Love I take guys. it all back. Right. Hey, well, they say blood blood is thicker than water. So, hey, if you can't root against your son going anywhere to me in the NFL. So, you just have to swallow it. If I'm truly for a senior, get some Ravens gear. But it would be, <laughs> it would be great, it's a great story. It would be great to, uh, you know, see, see him here. At the combine, you know, I asked him about that, and he said, look, that's more of his father's deal than his deal. He didn't grow up right. loathing the Ravens, which is good to hear. So he just wants to play. I think he would, you know, love it here and be a great fit. But, yes, as you mentioned, it would be a great story. That I mean, that's a prime – that's some good social media content right there. The first time Joey Porter has to put on a Ravens hat. I mean, if we draft the kid, we've got to get that on video, right? Just like to see him grinning and bearing it, just ah, uh, that that's good content. That's just it'd be amazing. Um, so some good, some interesting stuff about the wide receivers. I I didn't know Cliff that you're such a Jordan Addison guy. Yeah, I am. Um, again, I watched him a lot at Pitt, and um, I just love the way he played. Uh, I wasn't yeah. even thinking about him at that point. You know, maybe one day being a Raven. Um, I just like Pitt being a team that, um, you know, would pick it and, and ask. And they had like an attitude, you know what I mean? They weren't, again, most of the time they play, a lot of times they play, they were the underdog. But mm-hmm. the, the guy just made plays. And he was always wide open, as DJ said, great hands. Um, right. Yeah, he stood, he jumped out. And then all yep. of a sudden this year, you know, he goes to SC, he doesn't actually play as well, but now you start reading all these mock drafts that he's seems he's going to fit right where the Ravens are going to be drafting. So I am an Addison guy, although Zay Flowers on tape looks great, explosive. Addison's just a guy I'm familiar with, and I do feel that wherever he lands, he's going to have a really nice career. It, it just feels like, Right in those early 20s that wide receivers and corners start popping in a bunch of mock drafts. And like, it just feels to me like the Ravens are going to address one of those positions there at 22, like that there's going to be somebody or multiple players there that they like that fills a position of need. I would just be, you know, I asked DJ the question about what other surprises could there be, but it just seems it seems kismet. You know, like there's there's all these wide receivers, there's all these corners that are coming off the board right then, and I feel like the Ravens are going to grab one of them. And honestly, if it's Addison, if it's Zay Flowers, if it's Smith and Jigba, give me any of them. Give me any of them. I'll take any of them right now because I think that the, all of them have something unique and uh, would really help this offense. And I feel the same way about corner. Give me Joey Porter Jr., Deontay Banks. I'm fine with any of them. And even if you trade back and, and were to get one of them or take an edge rusher or something like that, you know, Will McDonald, like DJ mentioned, like it just seems to be set up pretty well for the Ravens of first round where they can address one of their top three needs, specifically the top two at number 22. Right. I mean, yeah, it is hard for me to envision it not being, I'll just say the top two wide receiver or corner, corner at this yeah. point. They'll have too many options at two positions where they're looking <laughs> To make yep. the pick. So, yep. but I'll just throw the caveat. I mean, who thought different spot, but who thought Kyle Hamilton was going to end up? Totally. So you just never know on draft night if there's that one guy that they love at not one of these positions who happens to fall, it could still happen. That's one of the reasons the draft is so interesting. But if you ask me who that guy is, would be who would fall to that spot 22, who wasn't a corner wide receiver, 
right now I could, I really couldn't give you that name who I think it would be. So, right. yeah, I'll be surprised if it's not a wide receiver corner at this point. Well, and we, we spend so much time talking about pick number 22, and obviously the Lamar Jackson situation could upend all of this. You know, if, if a team were to sign him to an offer sheet and, you know, the Ravens end up with another first-round pick this year and, and one next year or a trade happens, it all could get blown up at any point. So we have no idea. No, we don't. And like I, I love DJ's comment about eating paper if they only stick with five picks. So, yeah, yep. I mean, that could blow it up too. You get to 22 and then, you know, you, you the old familiar Ravens announced they've made a trade. So we spent all this time thinking they're going to pick at 22. Will it happen? We'll oh, it to, wouldn't. Yeah, right. would not surprise me if they traded back exactly. at all. Exactly. At, it's like we're talking about. It's, if there's multiple guys at this corner or wide receiver on the board, a trade back, I would say, is probably likely mm-hmm. at that point. I could see that. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it, it, it's all a lot to be determined, a lot to be ironed out. I will say this: I think that probably running back in the Bijan Robinson pick was kind of the curveball that people would occasionally throw. Mm-hmm. You know, the draft analysts were like, "Oh, maybe the Ravens go with Bijan." I don't see it with the top three guys all returning next year. No, I don't. And plus, Robinson, when you watch him on tape, I can see why people love him. I think that somebody, somebody's snatching him. I think he's going to be four twenty two. Yeah, the, he's going to be the one back who gets picked in the first round. I think, and I and I can understand why. I do think yeah. he he has a chance to be special. Yeah. Anyway, well, thank you for joining me. As always, Clifton. Uh, we're kind of you're stepping in. You're the pinch hitter for me, for Garrett, whatever. You're just a utility infielder, Cliff. Always available. Do what it takes. You know, do what it takes. Grind, grinder, <laughs> grinder, Cliff. Uh, well, thank you for listening. As always, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the lounge. We need we need your help. Get us up those those podcast rankings. That would be wonderful. And if you haven't done so, check out Ravens Press Pass. It's our new podcast. Rate, review, subscribe to that. Also, it's where you can get all interviews, press conferences, all that stuff. We will be talking a lot, a lot more draft talk to come. Uh, we will be back next week. Thanks for listening.